0: Hello, friends. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and NBs, to Waira Desho's second stream. We're going to talk about yesterday, particularly singing it for me, the anime series from Spring 2020 by Doga Kobo. Kubo? Kobo? Kubo? Kob- uh, and and there are two strings, of course. Kobo? Kubo? Do- Doga. Doga. Doga Jim. Just, just call him Let's Jim. See. Just yesterday, call him Jim. There we go. Sing Yesterday for Me. Wikipedia loading an anime television series will be Doga Kobo. Yes. Doga Kobo. I'm the subtle doctor. And along for the ride with me to talk about this. Uh. Heady cocktail of uh, grief, nostalgia, uh, ennui, growing up, rejection, etc. Is a good great buddy, uh, the hardest working man in pod business, a.k.a. the grandest blue it should be. My god,
1: like, I'm gradually turning into one of those characters you hear about in fiction, like who has all the titles. In fact, no, I'm thinking of, what was the name of that prick from Berserk? The purple dragon, or whatever he was, like who kept going, who kept going oh. about his famous family <laughs> technique, and in reality, he was as useless as a chocolate fire guard. Yeah, <laughs> the the leader of like the whale knights, yeah, or whatever. The, whatever, whatever he was, <laughs> the man who looked like an unshaven potato. That's basically what yes. I'm turning into a doff. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the only it started with an A. The only secret technique his
0: family ever had was how to fuck up. So. It's true, failing up. <laughs> That's colon, quite mildly a, a story, an American story. Uh. Um, yeah. So, hope everyone out there is uh, staying safe and doing well. We're here to talk about this anime, the fourth episode. Um, do you remember the title of the episode? As, yes, because I do. I do
1: not. As the river um, flows, Shinako returns home. Which I, I understand the idea. <laughs> I... <laughs> You're probably laughing for the same reason I'm laughing, uh, or, will, or laughed when I first read this title, which is, like, it makes me think of some sort of catastrophic accident where she's just fallen in the river and is just, like, you know, asking for help, or it's just... I, and I'm not talking, like, in desperate terms, I'm just talking, like, as an America's Funniest Home Videos kind of joke, you know?
0: <laughs> so, my brain went to, like, um, like, some kind of guided meditation, like, audio, or like an NPR, you know, like, as the river flows, Shinako returns home. So, like, so... Like it sounds like a a landscape that painting. That's <laughs> a nice
1: song brand for us. Like, here's me thinking of this, like, unfortunate, like, you know, accident being broadcast on syndication TV. And you're thinking instead thinking of uh, Zen meditation.
0: <laughs> that's us, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Envies. That's Worry show for you. God. Uh, what is what is a brand? Let's not think about that. Let's just talk about the episode. So, second stream, uh, if you don't know, if this is your first time listening, um, we do episodic analysis on this podcast. Um, but unlike stream of thought, we don't do an exhaustive summary. Um, we just kind of get right into what our thoughts are of the episode. We don't have any polls or anything like that. But we do have patron questions each week, and we're going to start with those. Um, if you'd like to become a patron of WD, then head on over to patreon.com slash show and you can read about all the goodies uh that you can have, that you can experience. Uh for yourself, uh if you sign up. We are currently offering um just about everything on the five dollar tier except for this second stream podcast to two dollar and three dollar patrons. So um Extra content for just getting your foot in the door um, right now. Um, and to ask these questions, though, that we answer. If you're if you're a $2 member, you can become a Discord member uh, or, or participant. But if you're a $3 uh, tier subscriber, then you can ask us these questions that we will have to answer each week, no matter how ridiculous or difficult or research intensive. We'll have to answer them. In exhaustive detail Every episode I will have it reference everything Shadon Shadon Are you ready? Hell yes yeah. So we got some questions from Kate Rose Catherine of the House Rose Oh, you're making it sound like a new uh, Senate character That's right, totally Yes, exactly what saying. <laughs> so she's sent in several questions And I'm gonna, I'll read them out And we'll, uh, we'll talk it through uh, why do you think Shinako is almost always looking downward? Like downcast eyes, etc.? I rarely see a viewpoint or a, a shot or whatever where she has her head or eyes completely up or straight forward. Um, why do you think that is?
1: Well, um, the honest answer is that it's all like all we ever see of Shinako really is in the context of people that she has history with. Uh, be it Rikuo or Haru or Ruo's, uh in this case. None of them, like... We haven't actually met, encountered her interacting with a single person, save for her teachers, briefly, like, you know, fellow te- her fellow colleagues at, uh, the, at the school. Um, we otherwise haven't seen her, like, call- speak to anyone who she doesn't have, like, serious baggage with in some form or another. So, for her, like... Her primary problem is the burden of the past, as is very evident in this episode. I mean, it must be difficult I would suspect, like, to try and be pushing forward doing your best when you've always got these reminders of people, like, that you keep bumping into. I imagine for example if she had a professional work colleague who, completely platonically by the way, she only met at the school and just frequently went out drinking with or talking with or doing whatever, you know, like, that she'd be fine. She wouldn't look that way. But as I say, all of her interactions are contextualized and characterized through people that she has history with that is not entirely
0: positive. So I think it makes perfect sense in that case. Yeah, I think it's a quite lovely visual metaphor for the fact that she is stuck in the past, that she's um, unable or unwilling or maybe a bit of both to move on, to move forward. You know, she's she's looking down she's not looking ahead or forward um, she's really got her gaze kind of turned inward and backward uh, so to speak, uh, where she is just yeah really really stuck uh, in in this kind of uh, the grief for her for her lost love and um, also I think secondarily uh, and it speaks to the first point I made. Um, she's doesn't seem like a person who relishes direct confrontation and yes. conflict. Like when she was uh, talking to Ruo and they had kind of that fight in this episode that I'm sure we'll talk about um, argument, I guess, a heated discussion. Fight is not quite accurate, but um, it was very kind of jarring when she sort of turned and looked him dead in the eye because that's just not something that she I don't know especially this episode she just didn't really doesn't really do a lot and um you just get the sense that Ruo is right that she really is just kind of avoiding those situations and particularly facing dead on the harsh reality that her love is gone and the rest of the world is moving on, and that she has to move on. Mm. And that's a very sad thing to say, and it's a difficult pill to swallow. But, like, it's been a long time, and to be a healthy person, a happy person, she has to figure out a way to integrate this tragedy into her life rather than having it, like, consume the rest yeah. of her life and as we'll discuss
1: later when we get to the scene in which she visits uh rose family house uh to <clears throat> well not celebrate but to commemorate the anniversary of his death uh, it's not just her that's holding back as well a little bit uh that'll also be true of yeah. uh, her, her unused father uh, but
0: we'll cover that later on because there's some stuff i want to talk about with that scene specifically and just how incredible it is <clears throat> so uh second question from kate uh do you think there's a chance for Ruo and Haru to get together? As
1: long as as long as Ruo is okay with an open
0: relationship with the crow, then yes. <laughs> Kansuke is first in line. He's not to be. He's not to be pushed off his throne. <laughs> He'll be the man of the house. Oh, no absolutely! Question. He'll be wearing
1: a little top hat by the end of this <laughs> show. I or he better, i <laughs> be. I'm just saying. Um if I may just expand on this point a little bit, like, when it comes to the idea of shipping, like, um, I think we've discussed this before about how it can be interesting just as a fun fan exercise. Not everything has to be rigorous, critical analysis. Like, you know, where everything's really dry and boring. Like, sometimes it can be fun just to talk about who literally is best girl or best boy. You know, we don't want to completely suck out all the fun of talking about anime or anything else for that matter. But what I think could be interesting if they do pursue this avenue is... In theory, in theory, there's, like, you can see, like, people in real life that you probably met, and you think, so, those two should be together, Uh, or even other people as well. But is that necessarily right? And so what I'd find interesting is that if this show does lean into, okay, as much as it really shouldn't, like, if we're going to solve our problems by having people hook up here, like, I think I'd at least give it points if it went unconventional on that front. I mean, Rose Kelly got a thing for Shinako. That we I originally thought was not the case, but this is pretty explicit and textual at this point in this episode. Oh yeah. That's yes. clear.
0: We're getting we getting juicy yeah, drama. That's now. clear.
1: But what I find interesting is if you think about it, like for all that this episode is about Shinako like wanting to have to move on. real is also similarly held back because he's still labouring under the shadow of his brother's presence in his life. Um <clears throat> And that's in turn some way like I'm again, I'm bringing back my favourite <clears throat> My favourite show,
0: uh, Penguin Drum here. Do you remember Ringo's hold-up? With Momoka? Oh, gosh. It's been too long. Like, the things I remember about Ringo are not the things that you're You're thinking, thinking of about. her hiding under the floorboards. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Alright, yes, so definitely. if you've
1: not seen Penguin Drum, basically, uh, Ringo uh, has a sister named Momoka. And um, Momoka dies in the... It provides the show even starting... Uh, this is something you learn very early, by the It's only mild spoilers, but a substantial chunk of the first third, act, uh, first acts of the show is her trying to replace Moaka, trying to become her. And I think the shades of that here with Rose's behavior as well, because I have to wonder: is he genuinely interested in Shinako for her own qualities, or is he genuinely interested yeah. in her because it would allow him to more closely emulate his brother? or even possibly exceed him. Like, we don't even know if uh, you and Shinako were even dating at any point. Like, they may never have got that far. um, Potentially even because of you's condition. I mean, I can understand, like, you know, say, you saying to her, like, look, I don't know how long I have to live. It's not worth you being with me. But conversely, you can also make the argument that well, we'll spend what good time we have together, like however long that may be. Anyway, that speculation is point. We don't know for certain because you is more of a mythological figure in the family rather than at least as presented here. Like obviously, they know him more intimately. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm quite real. I'm not a mythological figure. <laughs> How dare you? So, what I think would be interesting is if it does explore like uh, Ruo and Haru getting together. Is that going to be a response to him realizing that, in turn, he wants in one sense to be with shinako but it's not for the right reasons that could be something interesting to explore because all of the mm-hmm. all of the framework is there for this to happen and i think that this episode is very much about both of uh, him and shinako in their own way struggling to move on um from the use legacy and shinako sort of does i think by i would also argue it's not going to completely go away uh not least to which because rue no. hasn't entirely moved on um so i think that would be really fascinating granted maybe this realization should come about without the necessity of you know someone hooking up with someone else but i would also then be remiss if i didn't say that does happen in real life as much as like you know we want a clean cut narrative where people don't make mistakes or like come out with the most optimal outcome that isn't always necessarily true but then again, I'd also be remiss if I didn't say that this show should not really be endorsing that as the best way of going about it. It should be in agreement with the idea that this is a way, but it's not the best way. It's, it's messy. It's complicated.
0: Yeah. Um... Oh boy, I had a point and it's just left me. Bring it back. Shit. All, point, all, point, <laughs> all points bulleted. Where have you seen what my point? What was Oh my gosh. Um I I think well just to ramble and hopefully it'll it'll come back. Um yeah, I I was also wondering the same thing about uh about Rue, like if you know if it was an attempt to if it being um his feelings for Shinako. Uh if it's some like misguided attempt uh to like emulate or even surpass his brother um you know because he fell into drawing to to surpass him and he used to say like actually you know he, he he doesn't view sort of being with her as uh some kind of achievement that would surpass what his brother was able to do um uh do i think there's a chance of ru and haru getting together oh absolutely um Absolutely there's a chance. I think they will be quite good for each other. Um, because he seems very intense and uh she is uh a lot more relaxed. Um and he seems intense like in a way that I feel like he would be more thoughtful than uh our protagonist.
1: I also um, think they'd have better chemistry. Like as I well.
0: Yeah. Like I can't I can't see him, you know accidentally standing her up for instance. no no definitely not um, um additionally i would be so i think they'd be good for i think we other. should note as well that like
1: there's a little bit of groundwork being laid here we do get a scene specifically between haru and ru Um as ru walks her home or walks her to a certain point anyway in which they're talking things out so nothing obviously really comes from it at this point anyway it'd be a bit silly if it did but there is groundwork being laid here for something so i'd be curious to see what happens next I mean, hey, he's better than Rikuo, so that alone is reason enough to want it to happen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if anyone, right? I mean, I still think... Kinoshita, obviously. Um... <laughs> Definitely. I still think if, like, you know, if these people don't end up with the other people in the show because they feel like it would be unhealthy or because they feel like they need to um, get their own shit together, that would be... I'd be okay with that, yes. too. But I think the least kind of, like... Um, um, the the least sort of uh, troubling pairing of any of the the sets, I think, would be these two here, Haru and, and Ro. Um, so, yeah, uh, I definitely think there is a chance um k asks do you think there's a wait a minute i just read that shit um <laughs> do you think there's a chance she asked that like three times no no she asked. uh not a real Doc, question quite here, time but <laughs> what's with roe having a safety pin isn't he <laughs> my god man like are you getting
1: like you know um god what was it called again sheer heart attacks here no it wasn't even that it was the apparently was the so. m- what was it again uh oh fuck it I've not, I've not watched Jojo's part 4 in a while you know you all know which one I meant <laughs> anyway um, the honest the, the, the honest film. and immediate <laughs> answer that I've got here is that it's because he's quirky because he wants to stick out like it's a kind of youthful rebellion thing in a small way I mean how many pe- how many kids do you know like who you've known during your own youth who got an earring or got I don't know a tattoo or whatever they are old enough like not necessarily because of any like actual me- like appearance merit to it but more just because like they wanted to stick out um be noticed be unusual be different i mean that's his entire like skit thus far like he wants to like separate himself from his brother and even if that's like a very small
0: part of it that can still be a part of it and yet he told shinako that he (laughs) he wasn't Interested in broadcasting that he was going to art cram school because he didn't want to seem like a tryhard, hmm. and I was just like, "Bro, you know what you could do before anything else if you don't want to seem like a tryhard? Take the safety pin out of your ear." There's a drill tweet somewhere to describe this. I'm sure of it. <laughs> you're <laughs> not, you're not owned. I'm, o- I'm not owned. Your own, or something like that. <laughs> just like, oh, just. You know, do the simple thing. Like, oh, I just, I want to, you know, I'm trying to be financially sound. So I'm like, uh, I don't know, d- d- doing these like advanced mutual fund stuff. Meanwhile, not saving any money. Whatsoever. I don't know. It's like there's little things you can do to, <laughs> that will go a long way to accomplish your objective. Well, if nothing else, if he needs um, to like actually stitch some clothes together, he's got it handy. You know? Yeah. Okay. I remember what I was meant to, what I was, what I was going to say earlier, is that um, it was about Shinako. Um, And oh, I think and this is dresses Kate's question, so I'll go ahead and read her final question. Do do you think Shinako will uh, grieve properly and move on from you? Um, Something I enjoyed, actually, about this episode is I just, this episode, to me, communicated, like, that she really has not moved on, and is just truly um, in stasis and had just, this has been a trauma that has deeply affected her in a way that like, I, I just think that they're communicating it so well and giving it its kind of due seriousness um, and making it like something that you can really empathize with. Not that like trauma and grief ever or not something that are easy to empathize with. But like, I don't know, there's like a way that they could have been really quick and dirty about covering it. And it would not have seemed as weighty. Mm. Like, I just feel like I feel the weight of it more this episode. And I was, you know, and the second episode when she had that discussion with Haru right in the, uh, in the, in the park when she was like, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of being in love too. And I read that as like, her being tired of being attached to you and ready to kind of move on from that. I was like, well, I guess she's like now starting the journey to acceptance and, and healing and moving on. And here it seems like she's definitely not. And I kind of like that, like, because, you know, dealing with loss is by no means like a linear process, no. there's like a two steps forward, one step back situation. And there's like a, like, I mean, who knows if she's even got started, if she's even ready. Um, you know, because the, their, their father, you and Rose's father said, you know, Hey, I think, I think we need to move on. Like, I, th- I think it's time, you know, she did not like affirm that with a, you're right. Or hi, yes, sir. Uh, that's the case. Just like total silence, um, so i I think the depiction of this here is uh is very good, yeah, and do I think that she will grieve properly and move on from you um how many episodes of the show eighteen yes. I feel like at the kind of clip we're currently on, I don't expect the entire process to occur, but I think that. Her relationships with Ro Haru and Rikuo will help her achieve some like forward motion. Um, yeah, I think she's. I think and gain a little momentum.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think she's started, and I think she's taken a significant step this episode. But I don't believe that's entirely done, uh, especially given that Rose still around. Um. It's something I'll get to in a minute, but the dialogue in this episode, along with the direction, is so on point. There are so many little subtleties that I've really, really appreciated about it that made it almost theatric in a sense, like, in certain ways anyway. Like, there was a lot to it that it really informed her character and made it clear to us, like, that she definitely hadn't moved on. But also, how clear it is, like, that Roe, like, for all that he is belligerent about this issue, he is right, though, in my opinion. And furthermore, Doc, oh, you yeah. said. I think they both are. You, you know. said also about relating. Like, now, I, to give you some context, like, if you've not already heard me talk about this before, my family, I have two younger sisters who are twins. And we both, sorry, we all grew up, um, you know, kind of like impressing off each other, like, you know, how we were performing in school and such. I mean, for both of them, um, I cannot imagine, because I obviously what not one of them what it must feel like to have a twin sister uh whose measure whose performance is measured directly against you never mind ruin like you here and the comparisons between them that may not even necessarily be academic i mean it's a sick uh older brother like you know there's always going to be a disparity in the uh, attention given but that alone yeah. that alone i think is very relatable to a lot of people and will help them get involved with you's problem here uh, sorry rue's problem i mean say so even i'm getting mixed up god damn it <laughs> oh shit um but yeah like i i really think that this is all handled wonderfully um and there's lots of little details i'll talk about shortly that i think really help accentuate this
0: yeah i i'm not sure like judging from the outside looking in i'm I'm curious to hear your perspective because i read it differently like i i don't know if she took uh if she took steps this episode and this is not me judging her or saying that that's not okay, or that the show should be always pushing her forward because that's not realistic. Um, but like, so the stages of grief, right? The five stages that, that we all know, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance, bribery, and if murder. Rose, Re- yeah, right. Or murder, the stage of that, ah, murder, the well-known seventh stage of grief. Yes. Um, Where's gluttony? I feel like that's <laughs> maybe that's tangled up into. Well, that was that. Well, that was um, me after I finished watching Darling and the Franks. <laughs> um, so, I, if Rose read on her is correct, um, and it seems like he has a decent one on her, although the characters are very multifaceted in the show, so who can say for sure right now? But if he's right, then she's still very much in denial because you know, he says the whole reason she moved to Tokyo is because she was refusing to look at Kanazawa with that U shaped hole in it Mm -hmm. that she just didn't want to face it. And he thought originally she moved there to forget her, uh, sorry to, to forget him and that she was, you know, trying to move on, trying to accept. Um, But no, it turns out actually it's because she did not want to face that reality. So it feels like honestly that she's still in denial I mean, she's certainly not in anger or bartering. She perhaps depression, um, and and these can kind of intermingle, um, or so so my therapist tells me. Um, but she certainly seems like she might be there if she's not in outright denial. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, so how why do what do you think it is that she um, that signifies that she took. A step forward in the grieving process.
1: Well, I think firstly that step was made for her in some sense because of Yu's uh, father clearing out all of his possessions. So just the, her looking through his stuff. No, his father literally says, "I'm throwing his stuff out.
0: I'm selling this. I'm renting this house out. That's it." Yeah, right, right, right. So, but how, like, so this is something happening to her. This is not her taking any Well, okay, step,
1: maybe right? I misspoke on that, but what I'm trying to say is that, like, a step was made for her. She's being pushed in
0: the direction. That's one part of it. But I think you do also... Well, that feels like a, a circumstance... That feels like life circumstances, right? More than the sort of, the grieving process. If... Uh, sorry if I'm misreading you, or but, like, yeah, like, what's... What sort of, like, you know, where is her agency, like... Taking the step, like taking moving forward, uh, you know, moving through these these stages uh, of of grief. Where is that to you?
1: Well, everything that follows after that, like her weeping, like this the scene of her like walking as a like a younger version of herself out towards the image, you know, of, of you. Mm-hmm. I think that all to me says that at least she's realized, like, <clears> however <throat> she's mm-hmm. at the bottom, but like the nadir of her feelings towards it. This point where she could start recovering. Mm. I'm not saying that she's, like, immediately and, like, definitively better. But to me, like, at the, the mm-hmm. removal of physical possessions is a pretty concrete, you know, way of moving on. And I grant you, you're right, that that decision is being made for her and not by herself. But the outcome is still the same in that she's going to have to react and change to
0: it as a result of that. I don't think they're getting rid of them. Like, because, didn't he say, we can still come back to these from time to time to remember him and that'll be good enough well he's renting he's um, renting the house out like he's actually fully like selling it the house but i yeah he's renting the house Well, the um, house plays a part in that because it's a location
1: the, that you know facts of course
0: no i'm I'm talking about like the physical items like this the eraser the stuff like he's gonna that will be either given to her or like it's not gonna go away like one of them will will have it which is fine, which is like, which is, which will play a part in, um, in her, in her mourning, in her grieving, in her moving on. I, I do agree. I, I think you made a really good point that, um, her, um, kind of interaction with his stuff jarring loose those memories, uh, that she had, um, that she didn't. Want that were painful that she didn't want to look at like her remembering them and her allowing herself to uncork a little bit and release those emotions is is part of moving through the denial stage yeah. well her,
1: well you know accepting that he's really gone out says i think it's time
0: both you and i moved on
1: he's no he's doubt made that clear so the intent is there um, and like I say, it's a step. It's a step that she might not be necessarily making entirely yeah. on her own, but she is still going
0: in that direction. Yeah. Well, no one can do that for you. You know what I mean? I mean, you'll have to. This will be something that she will have to do. But I think other, you know, her relationships with her, the other characters in this show, and then the place she's at in her own life will hopefully be be these things that help help. Uh, I don't know they're just crutches for her to walk in that in that direction that that assist her so we'll see we'll see Mm -hmm. um I think that's all the questions that we have so thank you Kate Kate. uh, of House Rose for sending in those questions um so what did you want to talk about this week okay then all right should we move on to our talking place then Doc yeah yeah as I was saying what what would you like to talk about this week well
1: okay let's start with the conversation between Rowan and Shinako in uh, Ruro's apartment um, pay specific attention to the dialogue in this scene there's little things little details that I think are really good some more obvious than others but some that also are really really telling like for example Shinako notes that you was 170 centimeters tall uh, pop quiz for you doc do you know exactly how tall your wife is off the top of your
0: head uh no <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean not in centimeters. But you but you do uh, in general. Do you, do you... Yeah, I th- like y- For yeah, inches? I I yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure. Although to be honest, I there's a there's a it's like a 50-50 shot that I'll be wrong, wrong about her height honestly. Well, does she does she vary from day to day? Is she is she got superpowers or something that allow her to shrink or grow? No, no, it's just not something
1: I think about. Really, at all. Well, well that <laughs> oh. makes my point, though. Think about this, though. Like, Shinako knows that off by hand. That's a pretty intimate detail, I would argue, to know someone's height immediately. Like, because it's not a topic that ever really comes up in conversation, if you think about it. But it's still, a, like, an attribute of a person, of their physical nature. So, knowing that offhand and mentioning it, like, even after all this time, I think shows, like, how close she was to you in terms of at least knowing him that well, even down to a detail like that so that's one part of it mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, secondly uh... does that does that feel does that feel a bit um... and that she still remember not just that she knew it but like she could still say it like five six seven years after he died you know what I mean yeah. like I mean holy shit like does she just, just, like I mean I just poor woman just clearly thinking about this boy every single day of her life for years and years and years he, after he like it's very tragic and like it's it speaks to an obsessive personality in some ways yeah um which is I just feel for her as as a fellow obsessive I, I feel for her yeah um
1: and then there's also the mention of you sounded a lot like uh, Yukon when she was referring to Rue
0: for example God. that and that when you like can you just imagine like this show does a great job of like I I think conversations like this they're happening in this one moment and we're here and we're seeing it but we can imagine as the audience like that it's really easy for us to like step into the shoes of these other characters and feel like oh we've been hearing this for years or oh she's comparing me to Yukun again like I just like was so on board with Roe and he was just like, "Can you shut the hell off about my brother for one goddamn day yeah. <laughs> and stop comparing me to exactly. him?" Exactly,
1: and she doesn't. And mean, she doesn't even stop that after he calls her out on it because she says to him, "All really? I can see, all I can see you as is a kid, as a kid brother." Now, here's the thing, right? That I'm not saying she's wrong, but she could coach that in different terms. She's still, even after being called out on the fact that she is constantly, like, you know, making these subtle references to compare Ryo to you, still comparing him while doing so. It's such a hammered home, like, unconscious trait of hers, like, that it's almost instinctive, like, blinking. It's insane. But, again, I'm not saying, like, her behavior's, like, completely crazy or anything like that. No, no, no. But that's the beauty of all of this dialogue. Like it's all yep. built in it's all it's texture to it basically but dialogue is only one part of this like yesterday's other real accomplishment in my opinion thus far has been the way it's been edited shot and storyboarded now it's not been experimental like or anything crazy like that but it's been in my opinion very clean and very focused like there's a lot of good intent behind you it. didn't uh you didn't notice the owl in the background not this time <laughs> like the, was that Fujiko me? It looked like was, the crazy but I did, like, But I did oh recognize man. the rose in Utena, the, the window that a lot of these student council conversations are ah. through. There's your framing device, quite literally. <laughs> hey. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, one thing I want to know about this conversation is it plays out fairly straightforward in terms of the way it's shot uh, and the storyboarding. But as the conversation gets more and more f- uh, fervent uh, and more heated, we get one moment, for example, where the doorframe starts, like the camera angle starts shifting in from the right. And it makes the space in which mm. Shinako and Rue occupy smaller, yep, which is yep, yep. really, really nice itself. We start getting Dutch angles. We get close-ups. Like the, camera, so the camera work reflects the emotional intensity and the emotional rockiness of this conversation as we go along. From what starts off very plainly, it starts descending into a kind of chaos as they get their feelings out,
0: um, which yeah. I think is really, really... And at the funny. end... Yeah, it, totally. And, uh, you know, after... After they really have like gotten the, the bulk of the conversation out there, this is a great angle from, a, like, uh, kind of across the sink, uh, shot from Shinako's side towards... Uh, you see kind of her profile and you see her... and it looks like they're so far apart. Yep. They're so far apart. Like, you know, um sort of signifying the the camera, um, getting across the emotional distance between them that has incre- you know, increased and multiplied after after that exchange. It was is really, really good work. Yeah. Um that, solid there's stuff. There's not even like the last time we'll see that in this episode, although I will mention that in separate
1: points later as we go along. Um but yeah. This whole scene, like, it's just... I, I could argue I've probably seen better in terms of, like, hey, we did something more creative with the camera work, we were less, like, you know, straightforward, dialogue was sharper, you name it, but this was a a you know, grade on all respects in that particular moment. It handles it ridiculously well. um, And it, again, like, it's not like, you know, making it blunt force trauma about Shinako's, like, you know, grief and the fact that she hasn't gone over it. It weaves in like a lot of like ticks and habits that we get in the way we speak especially when we are mm-hmm. dealing with someone that close to our hearts um the dialogue is very naturalistic it works they feel like real people and i'm not saying that hasn't happened in anime i've got they before do. but there's a risk like you know of being on the outside looking in as a writer when you're crafting dialogue that can make things seem a little bit more stilted uh, than they otherwise mm-hmm. would be, but no, this I can totally see this conversation happening between people in similar circumstances.
0: Yeah, yeah, and like the way she talks to him when he when he really unloads, right? Um, and then her kind of measured, almost quiet response is disarming to him because he like he wanted to really get into it. I think he really wanted her to put her feelings on the table, and he was. He was kind of um, not goading her, but like, that's what he, the kind of thing he wanted to engage in. But like when she did that and was just like, you know, um, no, I'm not feeling sympathy. It was love. Don't you think I've considered that before? Like almost flatly, like, and you can see her eyes are at least it appeared to me that she was just tearing up a little bit, but she didn't. She didn't let loose like she allows herself to do with used belongings. And I think that speaks to like, you know, one, like like she told him and like you mentioned, he's he's a kid brother. like she's like, oh, here's an outburst from a little brother. this is you know, I'm talking kind of down to him not in a like shitty way, but like in a way that like I, I still am the authority figure. I need to set an example. Like, we're not kind of on the same level emotionally here. And also that, like, she's just got... Like, all this stuff is so pent up at this point still. Like, so she's just not really... I don't know. It feels like she's just not, like, allowing herself to feel... Or she's just been over this ground so much that she's really steeled off her her heart. Because these are very pointed questions. Very, like, just sharp uh, accusations by him, I, and you think that like it would, it would cause her to get heated. Yeah, and but it doesn't. Well, I imagine that she's probably not really ever been challenged
1: on this before in that way. And I'm not saying in terms of like the you know the strength of like rue's conviction in pointing this across, like how fiercely he makes his point, but just that I like, imagine no one's ever actually sat her down, like say, look. Can we just have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and just talk about this? Because you're still bringing him up, not even deliberately. Like, you know, we'll be talking about something and say, "Yeah, I remember how you can like did this thing and it was cool and all that." And like, it's been been years. Like, you can contextualize your conversations with different people or different things. Why do you keep bringing him back? I can see that happening, but it hasn't. Yeah, I I would guess. Yeah.
0: Because there's probably like two kinds of people she knows, right? Um friends and family of you that are very familiar teaches with Teaches and him losers and her. <laughs> no, no. God. you're you're so mean. um, but no, like uh um use family and close friends who are are aware of everything and because it affected them, they would never it feels like until now, at least say. Hey, you're wrong for being this way. And then there's a whole group of other people in her life that have no idea. So they're never going to like have that frank conversation with her. So yeah, that totally makes sense that she has like been allowed to slide into the shell and calcify like kind of in all these these feelings and not not continue forward. Yep. Um and i loved you know i always love this in anime i've brought it up a billion times on the pod but like such a cool thing where like they're having their talk uh it gets heated she gives her response there's a little bit of silence and then droplet of water from the sink into into the the yeah that's right it's like the the moment has passed yeah like oh so good it is the uh
1: closest execution to the phrase you could hear a pin drop
0: yeah yeah um so briefly Shadon I'll mention like that I um I really am surprised at how much I like Ro and how much I honestly identify with him um him and Shinako are probably the two characters that like I personally identify with the most Hmm. and I'm very surprised at that because early on I was like, Oh boy, Roe, the shit, sir. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. He's just going to be just a little yapping dog who just gets on my nerves and like pokes and prods these characters. But like, no, he's, they have given him his own inner life and his own kind of complex story and fleshed out his relationships to a few of these characters you know and to... i really liked oh sorry if go i ahead, may go just
1: ahead. mention weekly what you saying that like i've just realized mm-hmm. i originally thought of roe as the minami from utena of this show and i'm still correcting that ah. assertion but only because i've now watched more of utena and i realize there's more complexities to that character not least of which being the uh you know, older brother exerting influence kind of thing. Different context, of course. But yeah, like, I agree with you in that my initial reaction was, oh, good fucking Christ. We're going to have to deal with this little prick week on week. No. (laughs) Exactly. No. I don't want to deal with this shit. (laughs) Uh, But no, there are complexities and shades to him, uh, as there should be, that make you realise, okay, he's still going about things in a bit of a douchey way, especially with regards to Rikuo. I mean, we'll get to that a bit at scene in the moment when I talk yeah, about it. Right. But, as I've said, you said a billion times, and I'll say a billion times and one on this particular point of mine, I don't mind characters acting shitty if I can have a through line that I can follow of where they started and how they ended up at the point where they acted shitty, as opposed
0: to doing it because... Yeah. reasons. Sure. Sure. Totally. Um, and uh, there's something about, like, man... I, and i so i was the older brother in my family um so i didn't have like a elder sibling to chase after or anything but still something about like his uh struggle to get those around him to acknowledge him uh was really it just came across so well and it's really I don't know, I think it's something we can, probably most people can relate yeah. to that that want to be seen and want recognition and feel like, I mean, there's just other forces in my life that are soaking all that up. But like, where, like, where's mine? Like, when are people going to see, see me, right? And um, that's an emotion, a feeling that I uh, have experienced quite powerfully, many times. Yeah, um, I agree. Um... And if i'm sorry i'll just
1: insert some of my own experience here like growing up um i i actually recently uh sorry to segue away from what i just said there to go and make this uh, kind of broken sensitive but um i recently spotted someone tweeting about the idea of gifted and talented programs in school and also something else about how there are times when people can achieve well not necessarily because they're super gifted well, because they're motivated by anxiety or fear of, like, repercussion or failure or um, any other reason for that matter. Um, there can be an exerting influence on them that drives them to want to prove themselves, even if they're not necessarily the best of it. Um, and this is where my, like, overlap with Rue comes in that I, you know, I was smart as a kid, apparently, but i get the feeling that like a lot of my success was not necessarily because of my intelligence more because i was motivated through anxiety of failing and being yelled at by my parents and why is this related to rue you might ask well in the episode you know he's clearly struggling with his art his contemporaries like his peers they've all got a good grasp on it but he uh and i'm fairly certain this is my reading millie really, this is not related to him like you know worrying about shinako that's like interfering with him mentally I think he literally just is, well, good, not able to keep up at the level that the rest of them are operating at, despite his efforts. Um, But he's still trying, because it's his one thing. It's his one thing that people have said to him throughout his life. Hey, you're pretty damn good at that. But now, like, you know, he's reaching the limits of his ability, and he's still pushing against that limit as hard as he can, but not for the right reasons.
0: Yeah, I'm. This is the. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the art, because I can't decide, right? If it's like, if it's something that will ultimately be like fulfilling to him or not in in the course of the story, because again, I I think I mean I really get like the this situation of like you're a kid and like. You do something a little bit better than people think that you can do, and you get all this praise for it, and you enjoy that, and so you keep doing the thing, and then the authority people are like, "Ah, oh, like this is what they really like to do. This is what we need to cultivate." And before you know it, you're in like art classes or a sport or like whatever, and it's like your life trajectory has been decided in some ways, or like before, maybe not that dramatic, but like you're on this arc that like you've had almost no say in, um, and here you are, like, doing this thing, and you might hate it, (laughs) but but because one time you were kind of good at it, like, suddenly here you are, and, yeah, like, so there's there's that, but it seems like he enjoys doing it, you know, the first time we, we met him, he was doing the desks in a sculpture, um, just for the hell of it. Well, that, uh, there's your so, there's your answer,
1: because he was doing it for the hell of it. He wasn't under a classroom environment where he was... I mean, they were all exactly. they were drawing busts of, what was it, Michelangelo's David or something? One of the Roman emperors. I don't know. Someone probably knows who it is. But point being, like, he was doing his own thing there. And you say, like, about him finding, like, his enthusiasm for it again. Well, the very original point in which he did it, like, for his own reasons, that landscape... Uh, picture that he drew that won that prize if he can find that again then that's why he'll do it again in my opinion i don't think that door's entirely closed to him but he's gonna have to no 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 but he's gonna have to lose uh the ingrained desire to perform this kind of art for the sake of Sapasky's brother in order to combat back to our original right. point
0: uh, yeah well and uh, but i think i think what this episode might be saying is actually a little bit contrary to what you just said. um, Like, I, I think kind of what the show wants to say is that, like, people fall into doing things for a lot of different reasons. Like, they end up in places doing jobs or pursuing crafts or hobbies. And it's okay to not have it all figured out. Yeah. Like... As to like why you're doing something, you're one reason for pursuing your life's passion or your art. Like, it's okay, like when you're young, or even when you're not young, <laughs> to still be kind of figuring that out as you go. I think that's what his conversations with his classmate are meant to have us, um, kind of come to that conclusion. And he may have gotten into it for reasons that are less than ideal, but he might actually like it and he will improve through hard work I mean because it's not it's it's not his art or his kind of creative brain that is uninteresting like even his classmates said you're interesting as an artist it's just the technique stuff and that is just a matter of effort so like yeah I, I it might need expanding on the think subject. Though, I'm so. glad for him. Yeah, I'm glad for him that he. I mean, at the end of the episode, he's like, "I feel like I finally started my life, right?" And if it's like a feel good moment for him, but I, I'm, I don't want to let my guard down because I don't want to get punched in the stomach by the show. Like, it's just some horrible thing that he's doing, and we'll never be able to to escape the shadow of his brother. Oh, like man. from just doing art. Um, but you know and, and the sort of original genesis of why he did it I, I feel like he can i think like it's possible to but just can he can he escape it you know i I hope so um maybe maybe and Haru because he's talented and, yeah, who knows
1: yeah
0: yeah mm. okay so uh tossing it back to you then
1: all right uh this is another small quick point about the uh, storyboarding and visual design of the show so when uh Ru goes to the convenience store to basically push Rico's buttons like the only thing the only thing he's like you know buying for cash at that particular store is just making Rico miserable that's really it <laughs> you know um and by the way, I'm going to mention now that I really did enjoy this episode and I would be lying if I said that part of that was because there was very little Riku in it, which is not a great thing for the show, but I also don't want to be a hypocrite here. Like, he was in it very little. His screen time was barely above Kinoshita, who, you know, exited the uh, back <laughs> story like, going, riku like I was,
0: <laughs> That was that was
1: amazing, that moment. But anyway, uh, one thing I want to note. Uh, At the counter in the store, there is this like, don't like chilled donut, like glass case thing, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Um, But there's a sideways shot uh, when the two are arguing, um, which I think is genius for two reasons. One of which is that particular glass case uh, takes up the majority of the middle of the frame. So it looks like they're literally divided by a wall, which, yeah. Great little visual metaphor there for showing that they do indeed have this division. But secondly, it also seems to kind of like a little mirror on, and that's indeed part of their body language as well. I think for as much as either of them would want to say that they are not like the other, I think that that is a reflection of the truth, that there is more in common than they might otherwise admit to or realise. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, both of them are artistic people, uh, but one of them is... The difference being... Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the bif- difference being is that Rico is... Sorry, Ryo is very motivated, but for the wrong reasons. Whereas um, Rico is very unmotivated, uh, but and needs a good reason to be. With his photography specifically. Um, mm-hmm. So that's just a small bit that but I thought it was worth mentioning again about how it helped that scene work and helped... Pop. Kind of obvious, but at the same time, like... I'm glad that they're actually doing something with it rather than just kind of lazily storyboarding yeah. things together where scenes just come to like one to the next with no real focus or intent.
0: This is good stuff. I love, it is, it is, and I, I love the camera work again, but also I just love the dialogue in that scene too. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh boy, cram school, that's what you're doing out so late, huh? It sucks to be you, doesn't it, high schooler? And He's, you know, immediately without missing a beat, Rose, like, yeah, I'm working hard so I don't end up like you. <laughs> just like God, and, I, and, a, and then the ju- <laughs> you can say nothing, Riku. And then we just got the judges from like dodgeball or something. Just like, well, Khan, I think
1: that uh has kind of won this one here. There's no queen ban from that particular, but yeah, I
0: think Riku might need yeah. to go to the first aid to attend for some burn cream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if this is where kaiji, like their sort of manifestations in the mental uh, sphere, it would be like a boxer that has just knocked out Riku. (laughs) He's just down for the count. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. It was a great moment. Um, All right. uh, What's your next, what's
1: your next pint? My next pint. Uh, My next pint is going to be an Imperial stout. I think that's in my fridge. It's 12%. Uh, No, obviously.
0: (laughs) Ooh, 12. (laughs) Yeah. I've
1: got, I've also got a, uh, I think it's a blueberry muffin. No, breakfast stout. That's, well, that's the one. I don't know how that works. I'm presuming it's not going to taste like sausages, but anyway, we'll find out soon enough. All right. So, next point I want to make I want to make something very quickly about the idea of paneling in this episode, uh, because this is something that, like, this show has got. It's like one of its more standout or uh, um, visual tricks, and it's worth noting every time how it uses it how it uses it in different ways. Because paneling is often used to segregate people from others, and we have a flashback scene in which Row is like asking Shinako, hey, can we go to the festival? You know, like, you agreed, and Shinako doesn't. Now, we can make our own judgment here as the audience whether or not she was in the right to stay with you or not, because on the one hand, and this is me judging very much as an outsider who's never really had a family member who's had a persistent illness, so if this comes across as cold, it is, and that's purely from my lack of experience. Um... You could maybe suggest, hey, he seems reasonable, like right now, and there's other people around. Like, we see doctors, for example, looking after him in this very same flashback. Um, What's stopping her from going? And indeed, that then poses the core question of, is Shinako not going with Ryo to this festival because she's worried for Yu's health? Or, because of that attraction where she genuinely would want to spend more time with him than Mm -hmm. her brother? That's the core question. Um, but what I like is that when Rural, like yells at her for this, he is panelled separately from her on the left side of the screen. She takes up the majority of it. He takes up like maybe, I don't know, a sixth of it. And you can yeah. take two things out of this. First off, it just make- shows how this memory presents him as insignificant relative to her, size-wise. But secondly, yeah. how he also feels like he's not a part of her world because framed this way yep. he literally isn't yeah i mean i oh. i do want oh, i do I feel for the boy i do wonder like if this thing if this trick will become old hat eventually i mean it's the same with all sorts of things you know, like if you've ever watched, no if you've ever <laughs> if you've ever watched like you know david lynch stuff like i i'm not saying that you know it does get old but i'm saying that people might be themselves like Okay, what else have you got to show you? That's the burden of like being good at something in this way. You've got to keep innovating. You've got to go to always the next level. But I still appreciate this stuff and this again, small moment for
0: this flashback. Um it's great. I mean, look, I hadn't even thought about it in that way, but that's perfection. I mean, what a elegant visual metaphor for his feelings. And again, it just makes me feel for him. Yeah. And Because, I don't know, like, again, it's not to do with siblings in my life, but, like, I, it's just a feeling I, like, I feel like I just deeply get, despite our circumstances being so different, like, just wanting, craving, craving that, like, acknowledgement from someone, you know, someone you look up to, an authority figure... Uh, i mean also for that matter familial whoever for that matter but, we could... but being feeling like you're not in the same world you know what i mean it's it's so like that alienation is just like palpable to me yeah i mean taste it
1: to, to expand on that like um as a parent doctor you fear like the fact that when you had your children like that They might, what like the eldest might resent suddenly not getting the same amount of attention as the next one. And in turn, like when you had your third child. Not saying that. Oh, totally. Yeah, that that I think is a reasonable concern, parent. And it can happen unconsciously. People, you know, can't really be blamed for it. But that is sort of similar to what's going on here, except it's happening in perpetuity as they grow, as the two of them grow older. Like, it's not you's fault. It's not their parents' fault. It's not even Schnark's fault. It's no one's fault. And I think that in some way actually makes this all the more yeah. tragic because, like, yes. there's, there's a certain thing to drama like where I find that if you have like a villain or an antagonist or like an abusive parent or whatever, you can just immediately point the finger, and that makes it much more comprehensible to you. But when it's like, oh, like, ru- like you's got this condition, um, that's left him very, very sick, and it's no one's fault. Like, how do you deal with that? You can't blame someone. Like. I mean, this ties into what I've discussed elsewhere on the podcast about the idea of people falling into narratives to try and explain things away. This is not quite the same thing, mind you. We're not going to start having, for example, Rue join alt-right circles to explain away why he's been disenfranchised. <laughs> but it's the same core idea that people will want to seek explanations for when things go wrong in their life or why they feel like they've been given a, a you know a rough hand. Um, and it's very easy when there's an obvious answer to it but there is no obvious answer to this one. In fact, in an ironic twist of fate, if you think about it, odds are good that this condition that you has is probably congenital of some sort, like genetic even. So Rue, sure. by consequence, is actually very lucky. But it's still come with its own burden for him. And it's as you say, it is such a shame. And one other thing I need to know about the flashback though is, and this ties in also with we've seen episode
0: two, what do we actually know about you? Well, you know a lot about me, Shadon. We've been friends. Oh for years. my god, the classic Persona 4 <laughs> joke. Jesus Christ!
1: Ah, oh, ah, <laughs> uh, oh, I'm not drunk enough for this. But yeah, like, what what do we know about him? Hardly anything. Hardly <laughs> a damn thing. And that's the thing as well to note is that beyond the possessions that we see, such as like the eraser, uh, and then the the memory of like Shinako getting that uh, I call it, we call it rubbers over here. Uh, but we'll, I'll call it a razor just to, like, be, you know, besmirch myself, bring myself down to the level of American dialect. Sorry. <laughs> um, let, that razor, like, you know, that's a more concrete memory. Well, there's a there's a
0: reason for the the, the rubber.
1: Yeah, I know, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I, I know exactly what you're referring to. Believe me, and that scene would have had a very different context if uh, you had thrown a rubber at <laughs> <Shinako>. <laughs> That would...
0: How horrible. Just, like, examining his... fruit Ah. right okay this is his condom
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) that would have been terrible we don't want that bizarre dude (laughs) oh fuck okay so that being said though like we're talking about the memories of both Shinako and Rue here but they don't seem to remember you in anything concrete other than his illness and isn't that really really kind of tragic
0: and awful yeah no, for sure, right? I mean... Like... The, him being defined that way, right? It's... I mean,
1: like... It sucks. What I said before about my sisters, like, and how they academically be to each other, and I in turn did so as well, like, that's because we were legitimately performing well in our studies. Mm-hmm. You, by contrast, and I'm not saying that he didn't, but I'm saying that we don't know that, but, like... It's not even like a, comp- a composition in the same field, if you want to call it that. For Rue, he's doing something else that's completely disparate from that, just to try and distinguish himself and get some attention. Yeah, which is even all the more maddening. But yeah, like think about those memories. Like that's the thing about this show. Like memory has been shown to be both visually and literally incomplete and selective, and it's very sad to think that Belshazzarco and Rue can only think of you in terms of his sickness and not who
0: he was necessarily as a person. He's, a, right, I mean, almost, almost like a a natural force. Yeah, in rather, fact, the only- a circumstance. Yeah, in fact, the only <laughs> time we see that is, of course, with that scene I mentioned
1: about the eraser being thrown with the label idiot on it. That's when he feels yes. like he becomes more of a person rather than a concept. You know? Mm. I- <clears throat> Fuck. The complexities of this situation, like, I, I I really respect the show for doing it, but it's also sticking daggers in. Because... I know, it's... Because oh. it's like yeah. I said, there's no it's... there's no one at fault here. That's, I think, the beauty no. of this drama in that there is no clear-cut, like, this person is definitely wrong. I mean, people have fucked up. Like, I have to say, I have one criticism of this episode, and I'll get this out here now, which is, we followed immediately from the end of episode three when Rico had right royally fucked up but for some reason and I don't know if this is because it's coming from a manga and therefore the length of time between publication of issue 3 episode 3 versus issue 4, episode 4 or whatever it was, was longer in reality than it is here where it's just been a week but it feels like we've almost completely forgotten about that now I grant I do grant you that this is not uh, Haru or Riko's episode they are participants in it but that's it they are background characters but then again we also see harrow interacting with riko at the store and it's like business as usual which i'm not saying that she needs to be scowling at him or anything like that but i feel like there needs to be she needs to be a place where she's not back to the way they were but also where she wasn't at the end of the previous episode like there's a halfway progress there
0: but no, it's oh they are going back to the way they were. Yeah, but like no, <laughs> that's just what's going to happen. But
1: like that feels like they've already got there.
0: Which I know it... that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They're, it's going to be like, I it's all it's going to be almost Shinako esque, uh, in that she is going to like try to carry on as if like we're all moved on from what happened yeah and i mean frankly like i don't really know you know i'm I'm not really sure they you know we need they need to have like an open discussion about it or like or that would sort of fit with the kind of the natural tone of of the show mm. it could, it could um, still be something they revisit later as well
1: but i could be I, i'm thinking that the beha- the outward behavior of haru in this particular episode feels very much like Nice. business as usual, you know? And I'm like, maybe totally. maybe a yeah. bit too soon for that to have happened.
0: But I'm also not really all that against it. That's just her. Yeah, that feels like her personality. Like, because she, she does not want to be complicated for him. You know what I mean? Hmm. Could, could well be. And, I, and I'm saying, like, you
1: know, with the passage of time, this will hopefully reflect better on it. But in the moment, it's just like, I wish either there had been less of that from her, or rather, and I think this is where the manga comes in, and this is the issue we've discussed before in the cast about how lengths of time between episodes or installments can play a part in your comprehension of a narrative. Where I get the feeling, and I could be wrong on this, that the like the time in the manga between episode three and episode four, or what was their equivalent in the manga, was longer, and that in turn like allows you more time to digest it, let it settle, and then oh, okay, they're kind of back to normal, I guess. Cool. I'm alright with that. Um it's a minor thing though in the long in the grand scheme of things. Um the like the rest of this episode is great, and I'm not even finished talking about this the scene, the 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 penultimate the like the accumulation of all the moments this episode for Shinarko. So the final thing I want to bring up about yesterday episode four is the scene with Shinarko um seeing uh used possessions and then It's half of... I don't even think it's a flashback. I would describe it as more of a... Well, I would assume she's hallucinating but that's even not true there. Like, I'll call it just more like an abstract idea, really. Um, Yeah. Because what we see is that she looks outside after a Sakura uh, petal lands on top of the eraser uh, which we've already seen established in episode two as basically intertwined in her mind with the memory of you because that's like what she saw of him, like, always blooming, like, you know, when she was taking care of him, like, just in the garden outside. And so, what we see here is that when she looks out, she sees an image of him in the garden. And what then follows is that she goes out to see him, but she's now young. She's, like, the age we saw in Rue's flashbacks, including her hair being longer again. Mm -hmm. And there's something about this image that I found very powerful, and I'll tell you why. Because without knowing... Well, we don't know the exact like age uh, or date that uh, you died. I'm wagering that it was probably at the age in which we see Shinako uh, in this like moment, um, high school age. And what I think this moment means uh, is that it shows that for her, her growth emotionally stops at the point that he died. And she's always been that kind of age since. Now she has still grown up and matured. She's obviously very uh, well, she's firstly a teacher, she's clearly studied and learned, but secondly, she's also got that very nurturing nature still. like She's definitely the most emotionally like sharp person in the cast I would argue, that we've seen thus far. But what I like to think of this scene is, is that it's her, like, old self going to join him, or le- or leaving her behind and going to join him. Like, it's a moment of moving on, mm-hmm. and I, I think, I think it shows like where she was emotionally, um, and that she, and confirms the she had never moved on and grown from that moment because she's still that same age. This depiction of her, yeah. but in going out to finally join him in the garden. I think that that's her, that part of her is leaving her and she's now ready to move on. It's a stunningly powerful moment, in my opinion, because it's diff, it, it portrays itself in some similar ways to what we've seen in the flashbacks thus far um, and the memories in yesterday. But it's not a memory, as far as I can tell. Because we've never seen you out in the garden. We've never seen him stand up like that. He's always been sick or debilitated.
0: Well we did see him stand up and walk over to Rose yeah to look at his drawing but we didn't we know, didn't and then
1: hand it to him but we didn't see him actually at the um uh, at the tree proper so I'm thinking that mm. the reading I'm taking of this is that it's something else like it's meant to be a visual depiction of her like having not grown from that point. But now, like having seen his possessions firsthand and realizing that the home, at very least, is going to be leave is going to be going from her away from her life, which is a big part of it, not least which being the sacred tree. Yeah, I'm. I want to read, or rather, I'd like to read this as, this is the moment in which she finally sheds that part of her old self and is ready to move on, not immediately, and it's not going to
0: be easy, mind you, but it's something that can now happen. So I. I read it differently. I like the reading of it. Um, My reading disagrees with yours, not not in the power of the scene at all, but just in how I interpreted it. Um, Because this was a very impactful scene. It reminded me, honestly, of uh, something that my therapist says a lot, and that is, um, you know, even if the mind forgets, the body remembers. Mm. And I think what she means by this is that like things that we uh, suppress or things that, uh, kind of, we allow our sub like unconscious to kind of eat up and like shove to the back of our mind. We don't think about it. We don't want to think about it. Um, like can be, or maybe we're unable to like, and we want to like uh, with, you know, maybe like, I think for some abuse victims, right? It's like, they can't remember, They like to maybe not re-experience the trauma, but like remember details or whatever to maybe confront their abuser or Hmm. to figure things out in therapy. But like their brain for self-preservation has locked it away and they kind of can't access those memories sometimes. But when you you could sort of try and rack your brain to no avail at times, Uh, or you can suppress things on purpose, but... When you experience certain sights sounds or smells, those memories will come flooding back they they are the key that can unlock uh you know whether you want to or not some really painful memories yeah and those those blossoms uh the view that she was taking in uh from the house out into the garden the smell of the eraser you can just see from that eraser you can just smell it yeah you can smell that eraser and it probably just all that stuff that she had been not wanting to look at directly that she had run away from kanazawa to not think about um it just came pouring back to the front of her mind just like a tidal wave and and the tears came and uh you know it's why like every every early spring regardless if i am thinking about it or not if i am doing well, emotionally or not, I get really emotionally fucked up, because yeah. it is when a really like, the a loss that has profoundly affected me, uh, happened and, you know unlike Shinako, I, I have um I have moved on sounds so final, like I've forgotten, Because, but I haven't like, I've I've integrated that experience into my into my kind of reality and i've i've accepted it you know but but still like I get destroyed in the springtime a lot and and i that that is what i thought of here is that phrase mm-hmm. your body remembers even if the mind you know doesn't want to or or can't yeah kind of unlock those memories um and i so i saw it as a memory rather than as um a sort of uh uh, abstraction um, of existentially what was happening but like that is a super interesting reading and a, a really cool way to interpret those images I like that a lot
1: I I do agree with your reading in turn though Doc I think that's entirely valid in its own right because it is all about memory and in a way now that I think back to that scene like that memory was much clearer uh, if it was that like rather than the more hazy stuff we saw previously and furthermore I like, I did. Bend, well, I said that you know you had not really been walking around. He had, of course, but the majority of what we've seen of him in these particular, you know, flashbacks has been of him like being unwell, uh, either asleep or like sick, or even in that scene, if I recall correctly, when he's walking, there are still doctors present in the background in the actual house. Yes. So even then, it's contextualized by illness. But yeah. this particular moment between Shinako and him, like uh, younger Shinako there is. There is none of that. He's standing, he's smiling, he's happy. You know, it's a positive scene. Um, The only other one being, of course, the Eraser moment. So, yeah, if it is a memory, then I think that it actually fits quite well in its own right because it's no longer defined necessarily by, you know, the thing that seems to, like, you know, have defined you so much to the other characters, which is his illness, especially Rue. But rather it's just more him as a person this time around. Even if he doesn't really say or do anything, that particular element is absent
0: from this depiction of him. That's a great point. An excellent point.
1: Ah, uh, the show. What? I'm not ready for this. I, like, I'm not ready to like have daggers put in my heart. So have this show play pop-up pirate with me, but, I know. but uh, that, being, <laughs> it's... That, that being said, uh, I always enjoy the chance to do so, regardless. Like, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more of this play out. I do hope, though, like, that the show does correct course a little bit on making Rico more... How do I put this? Like, what's the point where I don't think to myself I'm glad he's not in the episode for the most part? You know, where I can get more behind him and find there's more layers to him, and hopefully that he doesn't make egregiously stupid fucking mistakes over and over and still gets forgiven, and that the burden lies with others. Uh, I wanted to correct on that, but it really goes to show that for a character who I thought was going to be a token background gremlin, for the lack of a better word, to flesh them out in such a way, to flesh out what I already thought was a tread point with Shinako and you, I thought that was done. Like, I legitimately thought that was it. But to flesh out in these new dimensions, and give it such, like, you know, subtlety um, and such texture to it all, This was wonderful. It was, you know, bitter, bittersweet even, but still a joy to behold how well this episode was put together from dialogue to direction, all of it. Great stuff all
0: around. Really, really impressed. Oh, uh, what if... uh, What if Rikuo just got kidnapped and then he just wasn't in the show anymore?
1: (laughs) You know, now that you say that, I had an image pop in my head of Haru like, going to speak to Kinoshita and like oh he hasn't been around for like six weeks or something I've had this request for a proof of life I don't know what that is um,
0: <laughs> and then Haru just goes okay well off to deliver some coffee to the art studio <laughs>
1: what if the, ki- the art studio had kidnapped him and he- he's just there like tied up with like tape or he's like, and harry's like what's that noise and they're just like ah nothing don't you worry your pretty little head truly nothing
0: now look he'll i I, i'm confident in the show to make him more compelling and over time if not redeem him then again make him more interesting more sympathetic all that kind of thing i mean um, make him not shit I know that's a low no, bar uh, <laughs> Well I would What well, I guess it depends on what you mean by shit I mean I think he's uh, I'm, gonna, jo- I'm joking
1: I'm joking <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think he's gonna make bad choices um, And I, Like I this show I, I love this episode too and this episode Went down Really nicely with me I mean it It's we're, we're trotting Some very difficult emotional ground But it's I don't know it's doing it with such beauty And such grace honestly Yeah that like, yeah It's It's less stabbing me in the heart And it is more just kind of um, I don't know It makes me feel reflective Rather than Like deeply pained Yeah And I'm glad I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that Shinako hasn't So easily Kind of gone on to the next phase of her life or whatever. I get the feeling after this episode that it's going to take a lot. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if a couple episodes from now she's still in a similar spot and characters are still, um, you know, maybe frustrated with her that she won't move on. And like you were talking about, the, the tragedy of uh, Rikuo's, uh, not Rikuo, Yu's, illness and kind of the effect the ripple effect it had on everybody sort of the way shinako is dealing with grief i mean it's you can't really like, like you can you can see rose side of this whole issue you know you could see like okay it's time to move on it's for you if not for me like you deserve to be happy and healthy and you deserve better than to be stuck on a dead person for the better part of a decade, mm-hmm. but you can, but you can't be angry. At least I can't, as a, an audience member, at her and what she's feeling. I mean, what a what a horrible, horrible thing. Um, and so, but so it's like no one's right. There's not like this easy. Well, all you need to do is this, this, and this, and then you're golden. You know what I mean? No, that's it. That's exactly it, mate. There's no quick and easy answer to any of this.
1: Um, but like I say it ends on a bittersweet note which makes me optimistic for the for Shinako's future, for Rue's future I mean granted he's still into her in a way that like I say makes me wonder if he's doing that not for the right reasons but that in itself can be something that can be overcome and that doesn't even necessarily involve him hooking up with anyone else not even Haru so I am eager to see what happens next to these characters, I'm rooting for them to you know be better, get better and just be happy at the end you know
0: to go, yeah. off and, to go off into the sunset I, I honestly just don't Like anything could happen Like we're You know I'm used to being four episodes in Is like a third of the way through And I'm used to dealing with characters Whose kind of roadmap I can visualize But honestly I mean I don't know These characters feel um, Very Well realized and Like textured and not predictable so i i I mean i just have no idea where where things are going to go forward and how they're going to collide with each other and fuck up or make each other happy Mm. and help each other and we still have 14 when we still have a season's worth of anime left even after all this material yeah uh this is actually as good a time as any for me to mention
1: one small technical detail um so I want to give a shout out to uh, Sakoboro for posting about this and Kevin as well. Uh, this is where I learned this information, which was very timely. Uh again, because of what's going on in the wider world right now, a number of anime productions have been delayed or hiatus, uh which is fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen like Facebook posts and stuff like shared on Twitter like of people saying, you know, like they should still be working. I'm like, "No, fuck off." Uh Oh my god. Really? I have seen What? That. I've seen like one example. What? But- I believe me like oh I wouldn't God. I wouldn't preclude the possibility of others having said that uh as far as I'm concerned is the the lady outside of the Baskin Robbins is that her Facebook account quite possibly <laughs> um I mean my perspective is basically this like I mean beyond I, I like arguing from this point because it's always fun to not only just argue from the obvious like don't let people like be hurt but also the practical and pragmatic you know alternative which is there's a million and one fucking anime available as is on a streaming service. If it all stops, we've got plenty to watch. Chill your tits. Um, but obviously, as well, I should mention it. Uh, I don't want people working in unsafe conditions. Period. And if that, and if they can't work from home in a way that's conducive to doing it well or properly, don't do it. All. Put it on fucking hold. Pay them a full wage. Crack. You know. That's it. Um, but. The point being is that yesterday actually wrapped its production. It's completed in full prior to all of this shit happening to begin with. So Oh wow. So we will be covering the
0: entire show as a result. Well, look. Let me just That's that's huge because Oh wait, no, this is a Doga Kobo. I was sorry, I was getting mixed up cuz listeners the other show we're doing is a Mappa show. And I know Mappa has had a track record of um, lots of de- production delays, um, and so I was going to be like, "Hey, they got their shit together," but never mind. This is Dogokobo. so good for Dogokobo. I'm that is um that is very uh good, 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 good. So yeah, we'll get to see this through, uh, regardless of what happens, I guess. So that is good, good to know. Alright then. Well I'm otherwise uh, all spoken up on this episode. Uh
1: actually there's one small thing I'll know, this is just an amusing thing. Like when Haru visits the art studio, uh where Ruo is, uh there's a gentleman who's also simply complaining about like being hung up on his like old flame. And you know oh. and you know what? I will credit the show for putting that in there, partly because it's funny, but partly because it also normalizes the experiences that the characters are going through. Like, even Mm -hmm. these schmucks here that don't have names, you know, Guy A and Guy B, they've gone through similar things. You know, it reminds us that it happens to a lot of people. It's not just, like, a very unusual circumstance. Like, context and specific uh, instances may vary, of course, but the core idea, the core feeling of I've still not quite dealt with my feelings for this person uh, for whatever reason that might be, a lot of people... Probably more yeah. people than not will have felt that. And the show reminds us that that's the case with these two guys here, as well as cracking a yeah, joke about it. Right. So good. That advice. was such
0: funny banter. <laughs> yeah. I, I really enjoyed the banter, uh, the unrequited love, but like in a way that they can laugh about with each other. Yeah. Uh, like you, she confessed to her on graduation and she shot you down. Yeah. You know, tough, tough luck, buddy. <laughs> with a t
1: shirt bazooka, no less.
0: <laughs> yes, very good. Um, oh man i you know if i was if i were rue uh i I might turn my attention to the cutie who uh slapped me really hard on the back in that one scene uh she's getting quite friendly with him i might be like hey i like your bangs what are you doing after class just the, a thought, buddy. The the, cr- the crow's got a little a, the, bug the, in the, your ear. The
1: crow's got to approve, though, Doc. That's the problem.
0: One car, yes. No, two cars, the, no. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> the crow can uh, Kensuke can can go peck Rico's eyeballs out. He can just. <laughs> And then we can leave <laughs> to be happy
1: I'm, I'm laughing because I just I just imagine this amazing moment where Haru and uh, Ryo are like having they're having dinner somewhere so they're having some noodles or some shit like that and like you know Ryo just asks hey, you hey know, I feel bad about Rico. what do you reckon he's up to right now and Haru just like looks sideways and just chuckles to himself <laughs> oh I'm sure he's fine then we just have a hard cut to him fighting the crow <laughs> off as it's going at his eyes <laughs> Oh god,
0: not the eyes
1: The image just forms perfectly It just forms perfectly in my head I wish I could draw Because I would do that
0: I would make that into a four or three panel comic It would be great That's a good one That's very good Uh, But we'll probably never see uh, We'll probably never hear the name of uh, The the, uh, Bang Sporting Cutie uh, From Art Class She's probably had her little moment in the sun And now, off to the sunset of forgotten background characters.
1: Cernos appearing in this
0: movie. Speaking of off to the sunset, I think we've uh, wrapped things up with uh, Yesterday, Episode 4. Sing Yesterday for me, Episode 4, rather. Um, Any final word here? Nope. I'm good. I've got more alcohol to drink. That's all I need to know. And I've got more Final Fantasy to play. That's all I need to know. Nice, nice. Um... So, uh, where can people find you on Twitter if they'd like to discuss this anime or other things with you?
1: Well, uh, if you want to PayPal me, you know, a lot of money. No, I'm kidding, of course. Uh, (laughs) You can find me at Shade on 1010 Feel free to ask me about anything and everything because screw it. You know,
0: why not? You know, it'll be a laugh. Why not? Why not indeed? Uh, You can find me at The Subtle Doctor. Please, uh, please at me. Uh, I am friendly and we'll talk to you. Um. Yeah, I think that's I think that's gonna do it for for this time. Uh, want to give shouts to our lovely patrons. Um, thank you very much. You all rock. Still tossing us your coin during times in which uh, it is uh increasingly difficult to toss coin at others. Thank you for that. And uh, I mean, we're not any, even witches. Uh, cre- that's the best part of it. Nope. No, I know. I know. Uh. And yet the coins are tossed. So we're very grateful and appreciative, and uh, we will see you around in the Discord. And again, if you want to become uh, a member, then head on over to patreoncom show, Check it out. Um, if you are hearing this on the public feed and uh, want to support us in other ways, uh, just give us a follow, a subscription, uh, a like, a share. You know, we're we're on Spotify, we're on Apple, we're on YouTube. We're on Google Pods, uh, wherever you find us. Um, that will help us. Uh, and you can always uh, follow us on Twitter at Water Show to be notified when episodes drop. Um, but he has been Shadon, the grandest blue. I've been the subtle doctor, a less grand blue. And uh, until next Water Show, embrace each other, everyone, to the ends of the universe. Don't bring back the brothers. Bring back the brothers. No,
1: I'll fight you in the streets, right? You get over Bring- it right now. You, you come out.